On this episode of Monmouth Weekly, we talk about some of the recent hires the university has made, including some breaking news. Commencement plans also now set for the university as well come mid-May. This is faculty member Matt Harmon. I'm joined by University President Patrick Leahy. This is episode 27 of Monmouth Weekly. Thanks as always for joining us. Well, this is a bit of a rarity, I will say, as we hit episode number 27 of our Monmouth Weekly podcast series, University President Patrick Leahy, faculty member Matt Harmon. We've got a lot to talk about. I feel like if I waved out the window, I might be able to see you. It's a day that we are both on campus. I'm in my office. You are in yours. Uh, that's not always the case. Sometimes we're, we're in our separate residences as well. But this is a, probably about as close as we've actually been to recording live and in person as opposed to being in in different parts of the county. It took us 27 episodes, but I think we're at least on the same campus and maybe sometime soon we'll be in the same room when we do this. Yeah, I'm going to I might throw a rock out my window because as I look out from the from the beautiful Plangier building, I can see the administrative building. You know, it looks like there's strobe lights going on on one of the floors in, in, in the administrative building. I, maybe that's just what happens on Friday. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> so, President Leahy, you know, when, when we did our episode a couple of weeks ago, not really knowing how those two weeks in between when we did 26 and 27, who knows what's going to come up? You know, we, we always think, can we get a guest on? Can we have some talking points. Um, and man, there is a lot to break down in this one. Um, we we kind of made the, the unilateral decision to just say, it'll just be the two of us um, because of all the activity that was going on over the course of the last two weeks. And and I want to focus at least the beginning part of this episode and, and our podcast on all these new hires and announcements that have come, because it, it does seem like there have been some in the past that we can, you know, maybe catch everybody up on. But then a couple of real big ones this week, athletic director, women's basketball coach. Um, we we may be able to sneak one more in if, if we have the time. We'll see how that goes. But but maybe before we even get into what took place in the last um, 72 hours, let, let's talk a little bit about how those hires that you've done in the past month have kind of come together. Well, it's all about, uh, you know, my attempt to build a, a team that can help us uh, navigate the uh, challenges and the opportunities that we see uh, here at Monmouth in the coming years. And uh, I've had the great uh, opportunity here with some turnover in the senior administrative ranks to do some reorganizing, uh, to set things, you know, in a way that uh, is most comfortable for this president anyway. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that none of these positions are incremental positions. Uh, in fact, they're replacement positions. In some cases, they've been reorganized and retooled. Uh, so uh, we're trying to be really, really sensitive to, you know, budget realities in the process. But I have, uh, just as fate would have it, over the last uh, few weeks, we have uh, uh hired a, a number of different people to senior administrative positions. I don't know if we, I forget whether we mentioned it 
at our, at our previous uh, episode, but um, we now have a new permanent vice president for university advancement in Amanda Claus. Um, I think you, Matt, and others know Amanda well around here. She is an alum of the university and had been serving as the interim vice president for advancement. And uh, we just decided uh, to lift that interim title after uh, putting it out to see if there were other interested candidates and determined, quite frankly, that uh, Amanda is the right person at the right time. And so we placed her in that job in a permanent way and uh, can't tell you how enthusiastic I am to have her in that external relations uh, role. At the same time, um, I think I've mentioned in the past that I created this uh, chief of staff position in my office. Uh, we did some reorganizing and redeployed some people that were working in the president's office around campus into really good jobs. And uh, then I brought from advancement over to my office, Emily Miller Gonzalez. And uh, she uh, has now been formally uh, placed in the role of chief of staff. Uh, she is, again, a, a star here at Monmouth. Georgetown undergraduate degree, so don't hold that against her. Uh, but uh, a Rutgers law degree, Rutgers master's in social work, has been working in advancement for the last number of years. Um, and now she gets this opportunity to work in, in, you know, directly with me in my office. Two great hires to get us started before even the announcements of this week. So let, let's just go back and, and, and talk about the, those two specifically. I mean, clearly those have not been the only hires that you've made over the course of, of the last uh, year, now almost year and a half, or probably a little bit more than that, that you've been on the job. Uh, Amanda specifically, you mentioned as a, as a Monmouth grad and a Monmouth alum, um, I, I know that's not part of the application process, but when you think of it in her particular job, university advancement, how important do you think that it is that there are so many people here, Amanda included, that have connections back to the university? I mean, I think it's a great enhancement to the position because uh, Amanda is a product of this place and has a deep, enduring love of the place that just is so easily uh, illustrated in, in her uh, in personality and her commitment to the place. However, Matt, I don't, I don't want to suggest that that is a, a requirement for that position or any other position. After all, I am not uh, a product of Monmouth University, but in my two years, I have come to love this place and, and what we do. So I like the mix, you know, some who are products of our place and maybe have that unique, enduring relationship and others of us who were drawn to the place um, and uh, once here have fallen in love with it. So. Um, I think it's an enhancement in particular, the advancement job, but not a requirement. You know, you, you mentioned some of the other uh, jobs that have, have come up and, and kind of the reformulation of the senior staff on campus. Uh, we had mentioned in, in episodes uh, previously, Dr. McNeil stepping down as the director of athletics um, at the end of the academic year. And, you know, the, the internal job search that you would put in instead of a, a huge national search, yielded not only a great candidate, but again, someone who has been with the university for a really long time, over 30 years of service, and, and essentially the promotion of Deputy Athletic Director Jeff Stapleton to take over as the AD. 
Yeah, I credit actually uh, Dr. McNeil for creating um, such a deep bench uh, in Monmouth Athletics that as I started looking around, Matt, I determined that uh, we have talent right here, right in this department, who have been helping to develop us into one of the premier mid-major programs in the country. I really believe that. Uh, it's not just my opinion. I think most objective third parties based on our performance would say we're one of the top mid-major programs in the country. Um, so that's when I decided in, in large part to, to start with an internal search and try to determine whether we had the right talent to lead the department going forward. Uh, we did an internal search. There were multiple candidates, put them through a process, and then it became uh, very clear to me and, and to so many others that uh, Jeff Stapleton uh, deserves the opportunity to lead the program. I mean, 31 years he has been serving this institution quite loyally uh, in that time, has been exposed to all the intricacies of intercollegiate athletics. But I always say what was so interesting to me was when I sat down with Jeff and talked about not just the past 31 years, but the next number of years, it was his, uh, his passion for the place and his enthusiasm for where we're going as a university and his deep commitment to student athletes that uh, made it clear to me that he was the right candidate uh, for, for the position. So um, this wasn't a, a specific intention to keep it in the family. It was because we had so many talented people in athletics that one of them was going to be ready to step up into this job. And Jeff was the clear uh, person. You know, you, you think of it and, and, and knowing Jeff personally and having worked with athletics for the broadcasting side of things that I do and, and, you know, helping put together the original ESPN kind of idea that we do on campus. Um, I mean, it seems like he's touched on so many different areas as an attractive candidate. And you mentioned 31 years already with the university with, with, and I heard the press conference um, and, and the news, you know, more tank, a more gas in the tank to move forward and kind of take Mammoth into essentially a, a new spot. I mean, look at all of the ac uh, athletic uh, success that the university has already had, but now a new women's basketball coach, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, you know, when, when you think of, of why Jeff was, as you said, a, a perfect candidate to take Mammoth from where they are now to where everyone thinks that they could be even better um, what were a couple of things that kind of stood out for you? First of all, uh, and you know this because you know him well, um, the credibility that Jeff Stapleton has uh, among the coaching staff, among the other athletics uh, administrators over in uh, athletics uh, really spoke to me. I mean, he was a coach for a short time before he got into athletics administration he understands uh, coaches and I think uh, to a person has been very supportive of our coaches. He said something to me and I hope I, he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but you know, Jeff has been to this point anyway, mostly an internal operations person. You know, I mean, nobody attends more uh, sporting events here on campus, I think, than Jeff does. I mean, Saturday mornings and Sunday afternoons and Tuesday nights and everything. Jeff is there uh, as part of his role as in, in internal operations. And when I talked to him about stepping out more into the external 
component of the job. He, he said he would be very comfortable with it. Um, he's got so much credibility, Matt, that uh, I think people will respond to him very favorably, donors and external partners. But he said something to me that really spoke to me, which was, he said, you know, to me, the stars in any athletics department are the coaches and their student athletes. And if we can continue to be as successful as we are, perhaps even more successful in the years to come, and people don't even know who the athletic director is, I will consider that successful. And uh, it really spoke to me of, of the measure of the, of the person and uh, how humble he is. And uh, he just does uh, what needs to be done. What do they call it? Uh, winning in the dark or whatever. You know, it does what needs to be done to support our coaches and the student athletes and doesn't look for... Uh, you know, really any fanfare in the process. And I think he learned that from, frankly, Dr. McNeil. And um, to me, that really spoke to me uh, about his deep commitment to student athletes and their welfare. Last question on the on the AD job before we transfer into another big hire within the athletic department. And that would be clearly Mammoth has had so much success athletically under Dr. McNeil with, with Jeff being in that essentially number two role for as long as he's been, what are the things maybe moving forward that you could build on that success? And, and, and I'll, you know, I'll use a term, blow it up even more to make it even more successful on a, on a bigger stage. Yeah. I mean, I'll think of it two ways. One is let's just talk athletics for a minute. I mean, we'll talk in a minute about uh, one of our programs that let's be honest over the last number of years has not been meeting our, our high standard for excellence, uh, women's basketball, and how immediately uh, Jeff and uh, Jennifer Lawler set about uh, writing that. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So clearly we can improve uh, there. I want all of our athletics programs to be able to compete for championships year after year after year. I mean, um, it's, a, it's a commitment to excellence. I hope we have everywhere at this university. And it's just easier to measure uh, in athletics because <laughs> sooner or later, after all the preparation is completed, you uh, put on your uniform and you go to compete against other institutions and it's pretty easy to measure how you're doing. But I, I hope we can continue to compete in every, uh, at every sport that we uh, sponsor here in the hopes that we can get to the post-season tournaments. I mean, that's what we really want in all of our respective sports. Compete for our conference championships and then get an opportunity to compete nationally in national tournaments. So I think there's a couple areas where we can continue to do that. Um, and, uh, and we will under Jeff's leadership. But non-athletics, if you will, one of the things that Jeff said to me he thought was so important was we need to continue to work more aggressively with our student athletes to help prepare them for postgraduate careers and postgraduate, uh, you know, graduate schools, education. Uh, that's a major effort around this university anyway in the coming years is to expand and improve our career development services for all of our students. But it was really spoke to me that he felt like uh, we, we do a really good job supporting our student athletes while they're here, but he'd like us to take the next step in supporting them uh, upon graduation. And, and I thought that really spoke to me. So I think 
The beauty of an internal hire is they've learned all of the things that we need to do to continue to be successful and then identify a couple areas where um, we can improve. And, and, and Jeff uh, was able to convince me and the other members of the search committee of that. I'd like to think somewhere in there, there's, there's probably a, a solid um, raise for the broadcasters that would, that would be discussed, but we can talk about, we can talk about that at another, another. He did not say that you guys were the stars of the, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, you, you mentioned the, and, and I watched the, the press conference yesterday, the announcement of Ginny Boggess, the new women's basketball coach. And, and I will say, I think to your credit, you were very honest. It, it has been a program that over time has maybe underperformed when in comparison to every other program on campus, male and female. Um, clearly, the idea of getting a new face, putting a new plan in place, um, and, and the confidence that yourself and Jeff Stapleton uh, who was part of the press conference yesterday, it, it, it seems like this could be a potential game changer for the Monmouth women's basketball program. Uh, yeah, Ginny Boggess will, will be a game changer for the women's basketball program. And as that program in, improves and becomes uh, much more nationally competitive, it could be a game changer for this university, given how much uh, you know exposure there is for rightly so, for women's uh, basketball. Um, you know, there's no reason that we're not uh, more competitive in women's basketball. I mean, Ginny articulated it herself uh, that we have a great academic institution, unbelievable facilities, wonderful location in the hotbed of where a lot of great talent is, is developed and bred. Um, there's no reason that we're not a more competitive women's basketball program. Um, one of the things that so spoke to us about uh, Coach Bogus is the fact that she's been at multiple places and rebuilt, was instrumental in rebuilding those programs. So she sees what we have here to offer at Monmouth and says, I think all the pieces are there. We just need somebody who has done this before. And I think we found her in, uh, in Jenny Vargas. You know, I, I thought one of the most interesting parts of her press conference yesterday, and, and clearly I'm sure you knew it before it was mentioned, um, but, but I thought, and again, someone who's been associated with Monmouth one way or the other, student, grad student, faculty member uh, since 1993, I thought the best part of that was listening to her say, that one of the best connections during this process was with the other female coaches on the staff, that she had an opportunity to, to talk to all of them, to meet with all of them, uh, to ask questions, to have open dialogue. Um, and, and essentially it, it became almost a reverse. It wasn't the, the people on staff already, the coaches, the head coaches of the women's programs asking her questions. It was her almost interviewing them, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, it was really a mutual interview in many respects, I think. I, I really do credit, I, I think Jeff Stapleton and, and Marilyn McNeil would also credit Jennifer Lawler, our senior women's administrator, for that idea to let the candidates interview with the other coaches of our women's programs. Um, you know, they, they themselves would be, uh, uh, you know, great at measuring uh, character 
and and the individuals. But I think, as you point out, Matt, that those candidates think it was important for them to talk to those coaches and give it get a chance to ask them how they feel supported here at Monmouth. And um, you know, one of the things that our next AD Jeff Stapleton said basically um, around Title Nine when when I asked him about. Title IX and his commitment to Title IX, his answer was very simple. We will treat our female athletes here at Monmouth the same way we treat our men's athletes here. So he didn't go into a, you know, a comprehensive, uh, you know, explanation of Title IX. He just said, look, we all, we all agree that that's the way we're going to treat our student athletes here. Maybe that's the father of four daughters speaking, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I think there's one of the, it was so important for for Ginny to meet our other coaches of our women's programs because um, they're doing so well, as you know, and I, I hope they feel supported here. I mean, you know, our history in women's soccer and in field hockey and in softball. But but even lately, our bowling team's doing really well and our golf team uh, is is improving under uh, Michelle's uh, leadership, our tennis Women's tennis program had one of the epic wins um, of Patrice Murray's career uh, just uh, in recent days when um, when Monmouth knocked off Fairfield, which is a perennial power in the MAC. So all of our uh, women's programs are doing well, and uh, I hope they feel supported by this administration because they will continue to be. And I think it's important for Ginny to hear that from the other coaches. You know, you just mentioned a couple of the sports. Let, let, let's finish with the athletic kind of side of things before we get into some other news. And, and that being um, with, with as busy as a spring as could be possible on campus because fall sports are playing in the spring. Spring sports are now playing uh, in the spring. Um, th- there's been a lot of success. I mean, you're looking at, um, you just mentioned them, the, the, the tennis is on both sides, the golf programs, uh, you know, the out, outdoor track and field is always one of the top teams, but you're also kind of seeing, and I, and I think in an interesting way, you're seeing the fall sports have success in a time that they're not really used to men's soccer, just qualifying back for the conference tournament again, the other day with a, with a four, three win um, up in Niagara, the women's soccer team um, back in to the conference tournament lacrosse teams have had a great year football with an opportunity over the course of the weekend to get back into the FCS playoffs um, baseball right now, top team in the league softball off to another great start. I mean, it, it, it's almost a dream scenario for um, dare I say the administrative side of things and the president of the university to look over and just say, we're, 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 we're knocking them dead. I mean, I always joke that, uh, uh, you know, it, it all starts with uh, leadership at the top. That is a joke, Matt, because I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> this is years and years and years of uh, Dr. McNeil uh, hiring the right coaches and, and putting the right support staff in place and supporting our student athletes. But it is amazing. And I don't, I, I don't want to jinx us, of course, because there's a lot left to play this spring, but it's amazing our uh, performance to this point. Last Saturday, for example, I, I think it's probably the one day in the history of Monmouth University where more of our student athletes competed than any other day, probably. I mean, I, I don't know that for a fact, but all of our major teams played, including football and 
and, and, and soccer and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, baseball, as you pointed out. I mean, so many of our teams played and, and uh, virtually all of them won in th- that day. So um, I hope we can continue this momentum because it just uh, creates, uh, you know, an, an excitement mostly for those programs. You know, there aren't a ton of people around campus to get swept up in this excitement. I mean, I hope it's a source of pride for all of us here at Monmouth, even throughout our student body and our alumni population. But it's mostly exciting for those student athletes who have um, endured so much over the past year that to have an opportunity to compete and to compete well, I hope will soften the, you know, the struggle that they've had over the last year during this pandemic. Well, here's to hap- uh, hopefully a, a real good April and into May for all these teams as they as they try and make um, their their runs to conference championships and potential NCAA bids as well. Um, you know, we we've spent a good bulk of the time talking about hiring and with the focus on what's taking place athletically. Uh, Want to jump into a couple other things with the time that we have remaining. Um, talk about what what is coming up from an academic standpoint because. Clearly, that's the reason, ultimately, that we're all here from the academic side of things. Um, And to go back and touch on the hiring process, I said we might have some news. uh, So I'm going to pressure you into, I wish I had my my old-fashioned, when I used to work at 1010 Wins, I could be in the middle of a sports update and you'd hear the breaking news now. Sounder, this is is essentially breaking news. Big news from from the academic side of things as you've decided on a provost uh, for the university. Yeah, and I'm going to share it with you first. I'll share it at uh, my biweekly open call with the campus community uh, next, and then an announcement will go out uh, to the entire university community later today that, uh, that I have offered the position uh, of senior vice president and provost to Dr. Pamela Scott Johnson, and she has enthusiastically accepted my invitation to come here to Monmouth this summer and to serve in that uh, really important role. I mean, it, remember, I elevated that position upon my arrival here. So um, while all of our vice presidents are really important and I value all the work that they do, I wanted to make sure it was clear that at an academic institution, the number two person on the org chart is the chief academic officer. So. Um, I, I promoted that position, if you will, to senior vice president and provost. Uh, Dr. Scott Johnson uh, was uh, sourced from a national uh, pool of candidates. Um, we had o- about 100 applicants for this position. How comforting is that to know that 100 people would be interested in coming here to Monmouth? And then uh, through the great work of our search committee, we narrowed that down to 40 sort of really legitimate uh, people and then interviewed, I think, 12 to 14 <laughs> candidates via Zoom and then brought four candidates to campus to, to, to go through the, the campus process. We had to do that all virtually uh, this year, of course, but nonetheless, um, each candidate had to, uh, uh, to manage, I think, a dozen interviews with different constituencies around the campus. And I collected all that feedback. I took my own individual soundings with faculty leadership and with the deans and with other academic leaders and um, 
and then I, I, I spent a weekend uh, contemplating it and just decided that um, Pamela Scott Johnson is the right person for us. She is currently the Dean of um, Natural and Social Sciences at California State University at Los Angeles. So when I say a national search, that's about as national as, as you can get. She's the dean of uh, that school, Matt, which is uh, itself serves 6,000 students. Her school, part of that larger university, serves as many students as we do here at Monmouth. So she has excellent experience. In fact, some, a lot of people may not know Cal, Cal State LA, and quite honestly, I didn't know that much about them. They're a, a larger public institution, but was really, really impressed with the fact that um, a recent New York Times uh, report suggested that that institution is the number one upward mobility institution in the country. That is bringing in diverse students of different academic backgrounds, giving them a first class experience, graduating them in, in, in due time, and then launching them into higher socioeconomic uh, brackets, uh, upward mobility. And for an institution like ours that is hungry to grow our retention and graduation rates and to diversify our student base, um, that we thought was really, really relevant uh, experience. So um, I could go on and on about her. She's got great administrative experience. She was the dean there and also the dean at Morgan State. Um, she has sterling academic credentials. Her uh, her own education is at an institution maybe you've heard of, Princeton. She did her master's and PhD at Princeton, her undergraduate institution at Spelman College, which is one of the fine uh, liberal art colleges in the country. Um, she was a professor of psychology uh, at uh, Spelman College before going on to Morgan State and then on to Cal State LA. So I, I just couldn't be more enthusiastic about, uh, about uh, the hire. Yeah, I just looked it up real quick while we were talking Cal State um, in Los Angeles, 26,000 students total. So uh, and, and, and to your point, I, when I first, you know, I was thinking that might be just another way to say UCLA. It's a completely different school and university. Cal State being associated, I think most would probably say Cal State Berkeley. You'd, you'd know that one and maybe the couple of the other um, schools associated with it. But but obviously, a congratulations here. From, from us at Monmouth Weekly to uh, Dr. Scott Johnson on becoming part of the Monmouth family. Clearly, President Leahy, a big hire. What, what I do want to ask you is, as we talk about all these different searches, um, and, and you made note of it yesterday in the women's basketball press conference, um, and you just made mention of it here, the search committees that are involved with these, I, I am curious to know from, from the side of being the president of the university, how hands-on have you felt like you, you've been part of, of each and every one of these hires? Uh, very. I mean, you know, if I have this uh, belief that if the person is ultimately going to report directly to me, then, um, of course, I'm going to be directly involved in the, in the hiring process. I mean, there are some presidents that commission their search committees. They go out, do all the work, and then just bring that, per, you know, bring the president two or three good candidates. And um, I've just learned that uh, if they're gonna report directly to me, I need to be more more involved in this search and, and roll up my own shirt sleeves and sit down with the search committees and work with them 
along the way, which I have been able to do in, in these hires. In the case of women's basketball, obviously that does not report uh, directly to me, but I wanted to be involved in the search there for a couple of reasons. One is I want to make sure in particular for an incoming coach on a women's program that they know that the president of this university is going to be very supportive of her and of, of her program. I just feel like I would be involved in a men's search if we ever had to do that. So I want to make sure that, that I also demonstrate my commitment to, um, to uh, women's basketball as well. Um, and also gives me a chance to sell Monmouth to uh, really good candidates. As you said earlier, I mean, you know, interviews or dances, you know, like where each side is sort of vetting the other and also selling the other on, on, uh, on the situation. And, uh, I never want to lose an opportunity to, uh, to sell Monmouth university. So that's why I was involved in, in that search. Clearly one of the reasons that the student population is here at Monmouth is to ultimately finish their degree. Let's finish our podcast this week with some more news that came out uh, over the course of the last 48 hours, that is now concrete plans for commencement. You know, we, we were getting this inquiry for months now, and we've talked about it in previous episodes. And, you know, to this point, I, I just had to say, I, I recognize how important this ritual is. We are committed to having in-person ceremonies to the extent possible. I just didn't have clarity uh, up until now. Well, now I have clarity because we have been in touch, close touch with the Office of the Secretary of Higher Ed in the state. They've given us the parameters uh, that we feel we need in order to host, uh, once again, uh, you know, fairly traditional in-person graduation ceremonies for all of our graduates this spring. Um, I'm so proud of this, Matt, because I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of other colleges and universities are not going this way. And, and to be fair to them, maybe their, their uh, states or their uh, uh, local health uh, organizations aren't allowing it. So I get that. But, um, but we've been holding out and holding out and pushing the Office of the Secretary of Higher Ed all in an effort to try to get to a point where we can have in-person ceremonies. And we will this year. We just announced, uh, early, I think it was yesterday, in fact, that uh, we will have commencement ceremonies over four days, the 12th and the 13th of May, one week, and the 19th and 20th of May, the next week. Uh, we may end up having to do uh, seven different ceremonies, uh, but we're committed to doing them. We'll do them outside. We'll do them in Kessler Stadium. We'll do them uh, socially distanced and masked up and, and all the protocols that make these uh, gatherings safe. But every student who wants to graduate and wants to walk through a traditional ceremony will get an opportunity to do so. And each graduate will be given three tickets to uh, distribute to family members. And then beyond that, all ceremonies, of course, will be streamed live. So if um, three tickets isn't enough, uh, we'll, we'll be able to stream it live to the rest of the friends and family. But but to be able to get to a point where we can uh, do the ceremonies and then offer three tickets to each graduate to us is a big, big win. If memory is serving me correctly without having it directly in front, May 12th, May 13th, May 19th, May 20th. Does that sound right? Yes. And I, I think I'm pretty sure that's right. And a, an announcement just went out 
to, uh, you know, to our campus community, in particular, our senior uh, and, and our graduate students who are graduating with those dates. But 12, 13, 19, 20. Should be an exciting time. Uh, lots to unpack in this episode of Monmouth Weekly. President Leahy, I appreciate your time as always coming on, uh, keeping us updated and, and having you the opportunity to kind of expand on some stuff as well. Look forward to see what we have in the next couple of weeks and we'll sneak in, I don't know, two, three more episodes before the end of the academic year, take our normal uh, summer break and then be back up and going for you. But th- this was fantastic to kind of get updated on almost a state of the union, the status of the university with so many moves and things taking place. So as always, I appreciate your time um, and and look forward to talking to you in two weeks. Yeah, me too, Matt. Thank you. And I wish you well as you uh, complete the semester yourself. We wrap up episode number 27 of Monmouth Weekly. For more information on this, go to uh, monmouth.edu for all things involving the university. You can go to that spot as well. If you need to reach out to myself or President Leahy, you can do that. Give us some insight as to what you'd like to hear on a future podcast. For now, he is University President Patrick Leahy. I'm Matt Harmon, faculty member. Thanks, as always, for giving us part of your day. 